Hey, it's Sheila Renee, and this is No Worries Before 30. I'm your host, Sheila Renee, and today we'll be talking about Church Girl Before 30. Um, Today, I have my guest host, Janisha, with me. Hey, y'all. Hey, Janisha and I have been best buddies since the sandbox, literally since elementary school. We grew up in church and we also went to private Christian schools. So how has how has that changed our lives post-college? Find out if we're still on track with our goals before 30 and what we've noticed about small and mega churches, white versus black churches, in-person versus online services, and our preferences for shouting and tithing. Congrats, you've probably reached level 100 at this point and how we just deal with others who don't understand our lives. So without further ado, welcome Janisha and let's get started. Yes, I'm excited. So were you brought up in church? What was that like growing up? Yes, I was brought up in church. Um, I like to joke and say I was started going to church since I was in the womb, <laughs> uh, but Growing up, Sundays, Wednesdays, weekends, and some aspects, going to youth conferences, lock-ins at the church, um, all of the above. If we were, if something was going on at church, Janisha and her family was there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm cracking up, but I lived the same life. I was in there like swimwear, seriously. Every Mm -hmm. meeting, every pre-board meeting, usher board meeting, choir anniversary, plus church, plus Sunday school, plus the summer school thing, vacation Bible school, I was in there. And so I felt like very connected. Even though I was a small young person, I felt like my spirit was right there with God. You know, I just felt like a closeness to God, even at a young age. So with that being said, what was it like to go to a Christian school as a young person? Being a young person at private school, I guess I really didn't pay attention to the the differences when I was younger. It's just like, okay, I have to go to school. And the only difference that stood out to me was that we would have, I don't know if you remember, a chapel mm-hmm. once a week. <laughs> yeah, on Fridays, yes. Yes, uh, that was the only thing that stood out to me at that time going there. Um, but of course, the other obvious part was that it, it was only a sprinkle of uh, Black people mm-hmm. <laughs> at the school. So I guess that was the, the, main, the main difference. And it kind of shaped how I interacted with my other black peers because I was so used to hanging around. Okay. (laughs) Let's dissect this because we don't know what you mean. I'll try to jump in. So, so, okay. It was a predominantly white Christian school, but I really didn't get that it was so much different than other things that I learned. Like when it came to classroom time, I remember having like Bible class and we probably had to memorize a couple of verses. And I remember watching Veggie Tales and that used to be my little jam. Veggie Tales, Veggie Tales. 
But, you know, when it came to chorus, I feel like there was a little bit of difference between the hymns that we were singing and the hymns that was going on in my church. And if y'all don't know, like I grew up AME Zion, African Methodist Episcopal Zion. <laughs> and so we were more so like stomp, clap, stomp, clap with the beat and the rock and the shoulder lean with the choir director, the organ, piano, drums, all the sounds, all the music and all the beats. But it was a little bit slightly different at school because we were more so acapella, I, th- I feel like. Were we? I don't remember no. well, being musicians. It was mainly just piano. But I guess it was felt different to me because I like music in general anyways. So some of the songs that we did sing or the programs that we had, I actually like some of the songs. I, I didn't, I don't have any complaints about that part. <laughs> it was different. Although the mm-hmm. church that I attended, we didn't have musical instruments, but we still had some soul about ourselves in our church services. So um, there there was a difference, but at the same time, me being musically, um, I like music, I sing, so it was good to get that different aspect. And it that's why I was saying how you were saying you didn't really notice anything like, you know, you just going to class. That's how I felt when I was younger. It's like, okay, I'm just going to school. But when I look back on it as being older and an adult now, that private school experience did kind of shape my perspectives or my transition. When I did go to public school, I was kind of like, ah, <laughs> I was, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cracking up because I just want to add to that since we mentioned how it transitioned our life. And it did change me a bit. Like I was a little bit more reserved and serious and about my business when I was in school because that's all I knew. I was like, okay, when we go to school, we're going to be on our P's and Q's. You're going to raise your hand if you know the answer to a question and, and try to get A's. Then when I went to high school, honey, that's when I first learned about jokes and people were roasting each other. <laughs> I don't really recall that same level of effort back in elementary school at this private school. And so that was just a whole world of experiences for me. People that didn't really want, it wasn't as cool to be smart. You know, it was more so a popularity thing and what clothes you have on. So some of that did shape me, but luckily I felt like I, I was strong enough in my core, in my soul, that I didn't let certain things bother me. I was able to kind of go with the flow, but I am happy that like I was grounded and rooted in something more spiritual as a younger person, because even though I thought some things were funny, I would also step up at times and say, hey, that's actually me. Why are you calling somebody pepperoni face? Like, stop. No, <laughs> that is bad. Yeah. yeah. So, We kind of hinted at this earlier, but let's just get fully into it. Are there any differences that you see in predominantly white versus black churches? I think we've already covered the the music part, but you know, I can't say that that is all white churches because I've seen some videos of some white churches and they are going in, especially the Pentecostal church. churches they were they were going in on the videos so i can't say it's all white churches but from my personal experience when i have visited predominantly white congregation it has been a more of musically more operatic 
and, and things like that. But again, that doesn't necessarily phase me because we went to private school, so I was used to it. <laughs> My husband, on the other hand, he goes to a white church and he's like shocked because he grew up apostolic. So it's like, okay. But so that kind of shaped my views. Um, other differences, preaching styles maybe could be one. Then up there, yes. and uh, 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 the Bible says, uh, <laughs> in John 3, 16, we, they ain't doing that. <laughs> well, huh, you got to have the little huh in they there. got no sweat rags <laughs> and stuff and laying up the hands and things like that. It's just, you get up there you say your message by 20 to 30 minutes and you sit down and out, out. by 12, 1130 right. sometimes on a good day. <laughs> you know, and that's something that I actually mm -hmm. like and prefer when I go to churches of other denominations and predominantly um, different races and multicultural mm -hmm. churches. I really do like that they get down to the point. I feel like it's less showy, yeah. no offense to the other types of churches that I'm used to going with. But I feel like when I was in church, most of the time there was something on the back of the pamphlet and you can like write notes and we were going directly off the PowerPoint, A, B, and C, Jesus swept, Y, communion, bang, boom, boom, bomb. And I felt like I really understood what was going on and process it versus mm -hmm. um, sometimes when I go to other churches that I'm used to, I feel like, it's a lot. Like it's a good experience, but it can be a lot and overwhelming it's a good at the experience. same time. Yeah, if you're not used to mm -hmm. it, you could be slightly, slightly distracted, just a little bit. But both are good experiences. Mm -hmm. They're just a little bit different, you know, way about they go through things. So, speaking of differences of churches, what about mega churches versus small intimate churches? Which ones have you been to and which ones do you prefer? Uh, I've been to both types. Um, I like the mega churches because it's I like the production <laughs> of their services. I feel like I'm in a concert and see there all the people it's a good experience, but um, what would you define as a, a small church? 50 or less. Okay, so I 100 or less. I attended a small church in college, and what I could appreciate about it is we were more of a family. Um, it's easier to build relationships with people at a smaller congregation. Um, that's the, the, the major component that I took away, and then I had that experience in college because it was only 20 probably not even 20 of us at the church I went to in college. But I know that if I pick, picked up the phone and called Sister, Sister Pearl, Sister Pearl's going to come pick me up from class <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> anything. Or, you know, we just, I'll go over their house or if they have something mm -hmm. for the college kids, it's more relationship-based and it's good. You can get to know the members. Um, but the church I attend now, we're kind of in between before COVID, um, about 200, two to 300. Um, I like where I'm at right now. I'm in between, mm -hmm. in between them both. I prefer that. That makes sense. So I basically had very similar experiences, but I felt completely opposite. I feel like than you, when I go to mega churches, 
And just so y'all know, I'm based out of Raleigh, Durham. So I'm not going to list the churches in this area, but there, there is one particular <laughs> mega church here that everybody was so excited about. Like all my friends from law school was going, just other people in the community. So I was like, let me check this out. And when you said it was a production, it sure was. And that distracts me. Like, I, I really like singing and music and all of this. But I also want to just feel like I can fit in and like it's not like a competition or mm. fashion show and all of this jazz. So I felt like slightly out of place whenever I did the big mega church thing. I felt like, you know, if I was sick and I didn't come, nobody would have noticed or yeah. cared. And you can kind of just fall off to the wayside, kind of like going to a major school. And so in some regards, that's how I felt with going to college, like feeling swallowed up in things. So all of my other extracurricular and community service things, I like to, I like for it to be very small and intimate. So that's why I prefer churches that are smaller. And I also grew up in a very small church, like everybody in the town of Spring Lake, North Carolina, what's up y'all? <laughs> Like we pretty much all know everybody and they probably knew me since birth because mm -hmm. it's only the same 30, 40 people there. They knew my mom. They knew my mom's mom. They know the whole side of the family, twice removed cousins, like everybody. So I really enjoy that aspect of it. I felt like it was easier to make relationships with folks who already knew me and knew my family and um, I just felt like they were very supportive. Mm -hmm. Now, the the negative side of that is some people feel like it's too much breathing down your neck, like too much expectations, too much in your business, why you miss church, why this, why that. But I didn't really take it as that. I took it as these people care about me, mm -hmm. like my family. And that's why they're asking me these questions, not just because they want to know what was I doing Saturday night? Just <laughs> your business. <laughs> <Mind> your business. <laughs> so um, I also wanted to talk about some differences, not only between smaller church and mega churches, but it may be like an old school versus new school type deal. In my small church, we were very, very old school. So I don't recall people just looking on their phones to read the Bible, pulling up the Bible app. What's the thing called? Um, I think just Bible app. I don't really know. Yeah, I don't. But <laughs> but you know what I'm talking yeah, about. There's exactly something about. on your phone where you can pull that up and read it. Mm -hmm. Um, and we we were not like social media friendly at the time. Things have changed, but at the time yeah. we weren't really social media friendly and not mm -hmm. going like on Facebook Live to record this whole service and stuff like that. Versus now, I see church when they pull up the scripture on PowerPoint, they're like also pull it up on your phone, your tablets, your whatever mm -hmm. devices y'all got, like it's fine. And it's okay to be on your phone. If you want to text, if you want to send a picture, however you feel connected with God, that's like, okay. So how do you feel about the, the influence of social media um, while in church now? I would say it is more of an individualistic thing because some people social media or well having phones and technology in church is is a downfall because i see people on facebook and instagram scrolling and not paying attention but on the more positive side i like it i welcome embrace it but you got to remember when we were growing up 
this stuff wasn't even out yet. We still had flip phones and stuff like that. So true, <laughs> true. Hold on, don't try to put my age out there because you older than I am. I know. Okay. So I'll put my stuff out there for <laughs> you. Um, so all that stuff wasn't out. So I remember I tried to hold on to my little Bible for the longest. And then when the phone started coming out where you could download the apps, I was like, okay, this is it's more convenient. I don't have to carry it around though i still got my my hard copy still when you got to get mm-hmm. in there flip some pages i like to turn some pages mm-hmm. <laughs> got my little name and script in. yep on the mm-hmm. side this belongs to sheila spence yes yes but i think now it is especially during COVID time it is keeping some churches you know afloat or it's not just it's being shared to everyone that wouldn't normally possibly go i know i go to well, when I was at home, I was going to, I was tuning in at 9.30 to this service, and now I can go in here at 11 o'clock and um, tune into their service. So I, I welcome it. I think it's I think it's awesome when it is used properly, um, but I, I think it's, it's a good thing, and I, um, I think it's helping a lot to spread the word of God to everyone, as we are supposed to. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that is a positive of it. So segueing into church services, since you say you listen to a 930, then an 11, then a two, or however many opportunities that you had during the day, what what is up with that? Like, not necessarily that, but one particular mm-hmm. church having multiple services per day. Like, have you had an experience with that? And what did it look like? Um, not personally, because my church, we have one service and we're done. But I can see how people who have bigger or larger memberships, if their building can't accommodate all of the people that usually come in, I can see there's nothing wrong with having an 8 a.m. service and a 10 a.m. to mm-hmm. make sure that, you know, everyone gets a chance to worship because, or not everybody, or people have to go to work or things like that. But I think it's necessary if you have the numbers and it's a need. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm mainly also talking about like the after church service program. So my church would only have one at 11, but then right after that at one, (laughs) we're going to have the usher board anniversary choir board, (laughs) choir 50th reunion, you know, the men's special day thing. I forgot what that's called. Sorry, y'all. There may (laughs) even be a wedding or God forbid a funeral. Like I feel like sometimes we stack up a lot of different after service things. Yeah. On Sunday too. So it makes for a whole day's adventure at times. that, That could be, that could be tedious. I don't ever remember my church in particular having I used to go to them like at my aunt's churches and things like that. But my church growing up in particular, I don't recall usually stuff. If we had appreciation dinners or appreciation programs, those were done on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Ours were on Sunday right after church. Like I get it because you're already there and you're like, let's just do it. We do but have, if, like, it's, if it's dinner, still. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say, if it's dinner, that part is okay. <laughs> all right, Janisha is gonna be there. Yes, yes, I can eat and fellowship and have the appreciation dinner, mm-hmm. and then after that is when we would slide in the third program. That's when I'm getting a little bit tired, a little bit, you know, weary yeah. from it all. It's time to go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just break it up a little bit, you know, yeah. just, just a tiny bit. I, I feel you. I feel you. 
So let's jump back to college. We, you mentioned college a little bit, but I wanted to really dive into it. So what happened when you went to college? You mentioned that you found a church home. Um, but yeah, tell us more about that. And if you joined any organizations that were Christian related, what was your vibe in the early 20s? apart before i even went to college um because my best friend you know alexis mm -hmm. uh, she was already there at ecu and so she was already going to the going to the church that i ended up going to when i got there so my rise the service was set up she said okay she'll come pick us up from the dorm on sunday morning so if you want to go to bible class she'll come pick you up then too so all of that was arranged before i even got to school so Although I did have a, an authentic college experience on Sundays, I was at church. It don't matter how late I stayed out, Sunday mornings, I was at the building getting my worship on. Yes, <laughs> getting the worship on. Come as you are. I like it. So I had a somewhat similar experience. I never was able to find a church home when I was in college, but I did join gospel choir at school. And that was basically my church home. And we would travel mm -hmm. around to different churches nearby, go to their service and sing and minister, and then come back um, to campus. So sometimes that was on Saturdays, sometimes it was on Sundays. And that was kind of basically my church home. Those are my people who I turned yeah. to. Um, I did do gospel choir too. I love gospel choir. Yeah, so gospel choir was it. Like, I mm -hmm. and can't no choir top what we had going on. We were just having know. lots of fun <laughs> I don't know. at that time. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of college, and when you start going to different schools, you start opening yourself up to meeting folks who you probably wouldn't have had a chance to meet or interact with if you grew up in a small town. They may have different views than what you have. So did you meet any atheists or folks that were like, I'm spiritual, but not religious type of people? I'm trying to think because it was so long ago. It's okay. I can think of some things too. Um, I have met this guy who I thought was a really cool person. And I think he low-key liked me. <laughs> I mean, who couldn't? <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> we were all chilling and chillaxing one night. And I was being the wingman of the evening. I'm not going to go into mm -hmm. the details of what that means. But if you know, you know. And uh, I, I got basically chopped with this person. I'm like, well, you know, let's talk about life. What about God? Like, just being funny, really. And he was like, I don't believe in God. And I was like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And he was like, no, I'm serious. And I was like, wow, this is the first time I've met somebody who's said that, like, proudly, loud and proud. And so... Part of me was torn. I was like, what do I do? Do I minister? Like, I've never ministered to somebody. And the other part of me was like intrigued. Like, well, why did you say that? What happened to you in your life that you felt mm -hmm. that way? So I basically went with Route B and I wasn't like trying to actively pull him back in, but I was just curious, you know, what made you go down that route and where you at now? And, you know, he answered it 
it wasn't a satisfactory answer to me, but that's not for me to I judge. It was it. <laughs> that's not for me to judge. So I do think back on that moment, like, should I have said something else? Should I have like said a scripture? I didn't want to be like too cheesy. I wanted to be my mm -hmm. real self and just basically walk my life and let other people see, you know, this is how good God has been to me. But I don't want to be like in your throat at your door, right. throwing Bibles at you, trying to force you to come to Christ. So that was the first time that I was faced with that very difficult position. I can't say that I had any experiences, especially with atheists, or I guess you could relate, group this into the I'm spiritual, but not religious type of things. Because my friend group, I don't ever recall them finding a home church or even attending church so we would have those types of conversations like why don't you go or you know and they would always say well i don't i don't feel like i need to i i, I can relate to the statement of having the relationship but just completely xing out going to worship or having a worship service all together that's where we kind of had the disconnect so we would have those types of conversations mm -hmm. um to just try to pinpoint you know why they they don't want to to have that fellowship aspect of the relationship true yeah that's tough and those are tough conversations to have but important and valuable mm -hmm. nonetheless so we talked about our past we went way way back and then we just went a little bit back to the younger days. But what about now as a full on adult? Like, do you go to church now? What is it like? Is it different now that you are married? Shout out to the married women. Do people even mm -hmm. have church friends? Like, how does that work? I feel like I had a bestie in church when I was young. We was real tight because both our parents was making us go to church and we was like, we in this thing, mm -hmm. we're besties for life. But like, can you find that <laughs> same type of relationship even now as an adult? So yeah, just walk us through what your adult experience has been like. My adult experience, yes, I do still attend church. Um, I think it's different now because I have to make the conscious decision to, to study, to attend worship or, you know, to participate in in ministry before when we were younger, part of that was our parents like, you need to get mm -hmm. up, it's time to go. Okay, so as an adult, I'm making a more conscious decision. Now I've had life experiences to really solidify my relationship with God and knowing that he is real because I have 100% experienced him for myself mm -hmm. <laughs> at this point in life. I could say that. Um, so that's how it that's how it is different. Um, I'm I'm making the choice to every day to serve God and and try to live right. Um, in reference to being married, and it's it's nice to be, as the scriptures say, equally yoked. <laughs> <laughs> yes, equally yoked. Sometimes I think he's. Uh, he a better Christian than me. Sometimes I feel like I'm like, okay, babe, you got it, boo. But I love to see it. He's serving, taking the collection or serving at the offering table up at the uh, communion table. I'm like, yes, look at my man up there serving God. Yes. It's a wonderful thing. You'll be there soon. Girl. <laughs> yes. yes. But on the 
friend's side, I would say I still, me and Alexis, we're still friends. And we started, we met each other in sixth grade, sixth and seventh grade. And we've been friends all this time um, since now. And as far as building new relationships, I've found that since COVID has started, I have had built, I've built new relationships with some people that I probably wouldn't have talked to before. Well, not necessarily talked to because I'm, let me pause. I am not the social butterfly, mm -hmm. um, but COVID has forced me to come out of my shell a little bit to to talk to people that I wouldn't have normally talked to or built relationships with people. Um, so I've I've made some new friends that have become family. Um, so it is possible to still cultivate relationships with church people or have church friends. Good. Yeah, that's a good point. I think some people are fearful of that. Like, will I latch on? Will I kick it with anybody, you know, even outside mm -hmm. of church? Um, it's important. Um, as an adult, I still go to church, but probably not as much as I should. I feel really bad about that. And especially with COVID going on, we've been trying mm -hmm. to be extra careful and so I have been bedside Baptist logging on to some church. And sometimes I may have to listen to Mary Mary's um, Pandora station. Like that is the mm -hmm. word right there. <laughs> so, I mean, it is difficult, but it is something that um, you mentioned that you have to consciously put to the front and make sure that you're actively pursuing and doing so it doesn't get left to the wayside. If you make it a priority, it starts to become easier and a habit to do. As far as church friends, I feel like I've met a lot of great people that are around my age. And what's really great is not only do they want to be close with God, but they want to um, level up in life. So fitness is important to them. Starting their own business is important to them. Mm -hmm. um, saving money is important, like all the other things that are important in my life as well. So that makes things just even easier to connect with. Um, yes. but speaking of friends, what about these daggone millennials? Like some people say millennials don't go to church anymore. I cannot speak for all millennials, nor do I wish to, but you know, what is up with yes, that? Disclaimer. Right. I'm not the spokesperson. <laughs> Legal disclaimer. <laughs> because I think, I don't know, I'm kind of torn because I don't, I don't want to believe that it's the majority of us that don't want to go to church, but when I really think about it and get real, it's probably, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of millennials it's a that lot. <laughs> aren't about that life. I'm trying to give us the benefit of the doubt, but no. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't believe that the space for millennials is being created in the church to make them want to be active and involved. Mm -hmm. um, at church, you have all the old people, the heads of the usher boys and all on top of all the committees and stuff, and they know all, and the, that's the it. I know everything, and that's the, we don't need any new ideas. Mm -hmm. 
this is how we've done it. This is how it always has been done. And I think a lot of millennials are just like, well, I'll take my talents to the streets. <laughs> not to the streets. Wait, I was not prepared for that at all. I know what the kids say for the streets. No. Okay. <laughs> Children, millennials, no. if you're out there, please come off these streets and come back. Yes, home. please come back. Yes. Because this, especially now during COVID time, um, this is part of what we're good at technology. A lot of these churches where the old people were in charge of worship service, they don't know how to work a camera to set up a Zoom Bible study or Facebook Live, their worship service. So a lot of churches have been forced to tap into the millennials who are still having given up or given up hope. They're they're now tapping into youth that talent. So and another reason why I think they don't go to church is because part of millennials want to be entertained or if it's not satisfying or fulfilling me, I don't I don't want to go. It's boring. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I'm not going. True. Which is unfortunate because we shouldn't be. I'm not saying that church services should be boring mm-hmm. in a sense, but that shouldn't be your your main focus is to see what you can get out of the service. You're supposed to go to worship mm-hmm. God. So those are my opinions. I agree. And I don't want to get too dicey with this one. I don't want people to call me. Don't be calling my mama and my grandmama for what I say because these voices and opinions are of my own. I know y'all going to call anyways. But something, one reason why I feel like millennials have honestly stopped going is because some people feel judged, especially if you go to an old school type church and y'all are condemning certain people to hell and listing every sin possible that you do on the low that you didn't want other people to know about. (laughs) I don't want to list them all out, but you know what they are, you know, the sex before marriage, profanity, Mm -hmm. just so on and so forth. Like a lot of people don't want their lifestyle called out, going out to parties and and whatnot so it can be tough maybe they don't go because they're like judged and feel like i can't be accepted Mm -hmm. i won't be able to be myself or people will think that i'm fake if i do want to do both like what if i do want to party on saturday but as long as i wake up sunday ready to go like can i do that so i think people are still trying to figure themselves out they're trying and at the same time they don't want to be judged for trying to figure themselves out maybe you're not 100 percent committed but maybe you're at 85 and you're learning and growing so there could be a whole Mm -hmm. host of reasons Um, yes transparency is key absolutely don't make it seem like you haven't been where we are and or still where we are true absolutely um so i wanted to go back to marriage life i forgot to ask this earlier but is your spouse on the same spiritual level as you? And if not, how do you guys balance that? We talked about being equally yoked, like fill us in. What does mm-hmm. that mean? Like, are there levels to this minister level versus I'm going to just be on every committee <laughs> level versus I'm going to be on the pew level waiting for you at the door when this service is over level? Ooh, we So... I I mentioned earlier, I said, sometimes I think my husband is a a better Christian than I am because he is, 
that person who, when the church doors is open, he is ready to help, volunteer his services, be on the committees, all of the things. That mm -hmm. is him. And I love that about him. And me, on the other hand, while I am, I, I'm still there to help out where it's needed, but I also know when to say no. <laughs> and if I don't want to do it or being transparent, honest, if I don't feel like doing it, mm -hmm. I'm not. <laughs> and that's just that. Um, but I will say that COVID has, and that is possibly because I'm, as I stated, I'm not really the outgoing personality type to, you know, want to talk to these people or, you know, be involved in all of these things because that's just not my personality. But COVID has forced me to to do that. And I could I could see the I could see the growth in me taking the initiative to volunteer my services for things because I know during COVID, if we don't volunteer, then it's not gonna get done. So I'm I'm kind of falling into or finding my purpose in ministry. Um, but as far as being married, I would say we have the same beliefs. We know work has to be done in the kingdom. And yeah. Yeah, those are really good points. And I feel like my fiance and I work opposite of you and your husband. <laughs> I am the person like, yes, sign us up for lunch. That sounds super cool. How can we do the dancing ministry part? Like, oh, you're tall. Why don't you help with the soundboard or putting the flyers up or whatever they need? Like, not only am I volunteering my time, but sometimes I'm like, hey, you, what are you doing? Why don't you get up here and help mm -hmm. us too? So I understand it could be like a bit of a personality thing come out of your show. And sometimes you're just not into it. And that's okay. You don't have to be a part of every single thing that I'm a part of. But it is it is a challenge trying to balance out like interests and figuring out where we are ourselves, you know, and also mm -hmm. taking into consideration where our partner's at and, and where we're both trying to get to ultimately. I think that that's key. Yes. So let's talk about fun stuff. Let's talk about churchy church stuff. <laughs> that's what I feel like this oh, is, Lord. you know. Let's talk about tie. Let's talk about the moolah, the money, the coins, the bag, whatever I you want to call it. <laughs> so growing up, I always did hear that we are supposed to tithe. And that means give 10% of your income to back to the church. Like, that's what I've been told. So my question to you is, do you tithe the whole 10%? Like, let us know. What, what is up with that? I don't really pay attention to the percentage because I think I, not to get into my coin. But, <laughs> no, you don't have to dive all the way into your coinage. Let me break this down here. Where's my calculator? I would say yes. Uh, I do give 10%, but it's not like a conscious, like, oh, I got to make sure I give 10%. I just, I just give. Um, but is it 10% of your money? Does it have to be? What about 10% of your time to the church? Oh, I like that. I like that. Or a percentage of donating things to different ministries. If you have like a, I know at our church, we have 
this thing called Harvest Hope where we can donate clothes and things like that. And the people can come in and, and pick mm -hmm. what they want. So is it strictly just to 10% of your, your money or is it, could it be other things? I don't know. But yes, I give 10% of money. That is awesome. <laughs> as well as the other things. That's really awesome. That's something that I'm striving to do. I haven't done it yet, mainly because I haven't found like a good stable church home. Like I've been bouncing around places, but I don't have like a certain place to call home. So it's not a good excuse, but it's where we at. So I've not I mean, done hey. it. I want to do it. And then I, <laughs> I think, gosh, this is a lot of money. But, you know, I'm it also is. like, God gave me this money and these skills to even be at where I'm at, where I have to look and be like, this is a lot of money to give back, you know, the 10%. Yes. So I do try to fight those thoughts that I have and how this could help pay down debt or get whatever material thing that I wanted. But I do have to nail down, you know, which church am I giving it to? Because even though I'm giving it to God, right. technically you have to pay the money to the church and then they do whatever, you know, right. with it. You don't want to be sowing those seeds into some some bad Listen, ground. not at all. So, but I've heard, I've heard wonderful stories. I, I've listened to this other podcast and this guy was talking about he tied his age and he was not 20. He was like 30s, maybe 40s. So to tie your age and percentage back to the church, I just think is wonderful. I made it. If you can, you. I thought, you know, that was really cool that he did that. That's good. And not that this is the reason why I would do it, but the few times that I have had money and I felt convicted to give literally every time the next day or within a week, some miracle would happen and more money would be yeah. at my door. Like I cannot make this up. I remember, and this is going to sound bad, y'all. One time I was in church and the <laughs> offering plate came around and I opened my wallet and all I had was 20. And I was like, mm. <laughs> Can I get two tea? Can I get some change? And I don't like to ask for change because I told you I, I normally go to small churches. So somebody would be all up in my pockets like, oh, so it's like yep. one change bag. But I was like, oh, Lord Jesus, I would just <laughs> give it all. Who am I to, to try to barter this $20? So I threw the whole 20 in there and I was a little bit sad because I was going to go to, you know, dinner later, but it's okay. I threw it in there. That next day, I believe, my mom called me and was like, Oh, someone so gave you another graduation check. So I was like, what? This is crazy. Oh so it's like, they may not have had anything to do with each other, but I feel mm -hmm. like it did because I, it was weighing on my conscience that I needed to just go ahead and give what I have and not try to be stingy and not try to worry about any of it. I just really let it go. So I think tithing and giving back is important. Yeah. So speaking of importance, let's talk about church. Um, you know, we're in this global pandemic. We don't know if or when it'll be better. Fingers crossed, you know, we'll have a vaccine soon. But are you still bedside Baptist or do you go to church in person? And if so, what is that like now? How are things different? So at the beginning, I was bedside Baptist. And 
I was loving it, to be honest. Um, but then I was summoned to be a part of the worship team uh, on Sunday. So now I go in to church service, but our building as a whole, like no one's allowed to come back to the building. So it's only like 10 of us now, the worship team and the media team. Um, that's who's only in the building. Still have on our masks, social distancing. Um, but that's what I'm I'm currently mm -hmm. doing at church right now. And um, it's an experience uh, because you're used to going and all the people being there and you can sing as loud as you want to and, and have that full <laughs> Y'all better not be experience. singing loud, spreading that rona. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's only like the four or five voices of the praise team. We sound good. But, you know, I kind of I kind of miss the full experience of in-person worship. But then at the same time, I kind of I kind of like it with just us there because I can be a little bit more free in my worship. Like I'm in the aisles, hands lifted, yes. just in my zone, like I'm by, by myself, like I'm in the shower. You know, you do mm -hmm. the shower concerts. That's me at worship at the building. But um it's it's definitely an experience. So that's what I'm I'm doing right now. I'm in the church and I'm on the worship team and I do will help prep for our delicious deliveries. We deliver food to the elderly members at our church on two Sundays out of the month. So I do that as well. Awesome. Yeah, you're very so. involved. Um I hinted this before. Unfortunately, I'm still basically mm -hmm. bedside Baptist, but God is still working on me. So I will eventually, when it's safe, get back out there, go to church in person. But in the meantime, if y'all know some good online churches, hit me up, send me your link on Facebook. I'll tune in for at least <laughs> the first 10, 15 minutes, see what y'all got going on. <laughs> uh. Listen. That first 10 to 15 minutes is important. It's, I'm thinking a lot of churches are learning that now too. Like, because we're tuning in. If you're not interested <laughs> in the first then five we minutes, out. like if you're watching a video, there's another like, church going on it's at over the same time. So it's like, I want to just capture it all. Exactly. I want to. That's why I share our lives so you can get past offering and communion. <laughs> I share right before the minister is about to go up. You get that one, two, good, three two or three good songs and then hear this yes. message you ain't about to leave me you ain't about to leave my watch party early <laughs> yes get them in you know how to how to pull them in there that is funny yes so speaking of church and going back and you said you're really feeling the worship and getting into the spirit so let's talk about that let's get into it some people that i know that really feel the spirit speak in tongues and shout and really, really give God a good praise. So is this, do you do this one? And is this something that we should do before 30? <laughs> oh, what was your question? Oh, do you speak in tongues and, or shout? Oh, okay. And is this something that we should do before 30? Like as real adults, when does that kick in? I, no, I do not speak in tongues. Um, now, it I guess depends. Like the 
on the shouting that you are are referencing to just cutting the cutting the step. Oh wait, you said Yeah. You get a good shout. Yes. Yes. But I'm I'm not you don't have to speak in tongues before you're 30. And I'll just leave it at that. Uh-uh. You might get me but, struck down uh, by lightning. It, no, I, I'm just, I plead the fifth is not to comment on the tongues. But, um, and also for shouting, I guess it would depend on your individual relationship with, with God. I can't look at the person who's sitting in their seat and just because they're not crying or flailing their arms or running up and down the aisle, that they're not feeling what that person is feeling on the True. inside. So I guess it would just depend on the person. Not me. I'm not going to speak a tongue, but I'll definitely shout hallelujah. It might see me crying and and, and <laughs> hop up down a little bit. Yes, that is me. Yeah. That is so me. I don't speak in tongues. Um, I want to... I don't know how <laughs> y'all hit me up. I'll start practicing. What I probably do when I really feel in the spirit is I'll just be like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Like very, very fast, 10 times. So if you listen closely, <laughs> maybe that is speaking in tongues. It sounds like it's a different language, but it's really me saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you for waking me up. Like that's me being excited and in the spirit. And when it comes to shouting, I don't shout but also I don't dance. Like some people are more gifted and right. um, have a beat. That's what like, I talk That's about. not me. What I do is just clap, 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 clap really, really mm-hmm. fast. And my hands be getting all white and red because that's all I can really do. And then I may just wave my yeah. hand in the air, not like very high stretched out, but just like elbow length. Like, yes, welcome. I used to be the elbow. Well, I'm kind of still the elbow. If I'm with a group of people, I'm I'm giving mm-hmm. you the good elbow. But at worship, as I said, at worship now, because there's hardly nobody in the building. <laughs> <Let me tell you. laughs> Sometimes, yeah, because yes. I mean, it's it's a personal matter. I don't think it's something that you have to accomplish mm-hmm. before thirty. Maybe before 50, yeah. not trying to put an age on it, but <laughs> some of the people who I know, you know, even myself, we all have been through things and I don't think that mm-hmm. it means one yes. thing or another if you don't speak in tongues or shout. Just however you want to give praises to God is okay. Just be okay with yourself. You, just, you are not going to go to hell if you don't cut right. a step or speaking <laughs> uh, I was going to try but I don't want to play with God like that so <laughs> I was about to do but I would be playing I nope play. won't get me <laughs> won't catch me doing it uh-uh. <laughs> nope so speaking of getting in trouble have you ever fallen asleep in church and at what point in your life should this be over? When you reach in 30, should you really be nodding your head off during the sermon? I mean, this question is more oh, so hypothetical. Boy. You don't have to answer yourself. But I, yeah. I mean, when I look around the audience, there are some few people like nodding off that are not small children. So I'm I like, would, what's going on here? Right. 
I'd be like, you need to get it together. I'm that. I ain't trying to say I'm judgmental, but if I see a grown person, kind of, well, it depends on the age category. If they were like super old, I'm like, maybe they are narcoleptic, <laughs> or you know, I'm I'm already diagnosing them. <laughs> like maybe they have a medical condition that took medication and that's making them, you know, drowsy or sleepy. But our age group, especially if you go to college, if you can sit up during a 50 minute lecture, you can stay up during church. Now sometimes it is just a struggle because. Mm-hmm. Human, I've those thoughts. I say yes, I have, but so you got to have that talk. Like you need to get mm-hmm. it together. If you can, if you can sit through a lecture or sit through a movie, you can stay up. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. There's been times that I rest in my eyes one too many seconds longer after the prayer was over. But I always mm-hmm. catch myself and I'm like, hold up now. You got to get it together. Oh, I got a story. What's, what's your story? <laughs> what's the story? This is not in my adult years. This is when I was probably a teenager. Still too old to be falling asleep in church. But um, my mom had got me. My head was falling forward. And she tickled my nose and my head went back. And I hit my the back, my back of my head no. on the pew was no more good it was so loud too and if you know i'm not sure if you've been to our, you've been to yeah to my church well we sit there we kind of sit in the front so everybody was in my business that morning it was so embarrassing that is <laughs> not that is no good i don't know what to say <laughs> no words for that other than my grandma my great grandma would have went out there and been like give me a switch you already know it's, it's- oh or got go. pinched. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness! You about to stay awake. You about to be alert right mm-hmm. now. So, speaking of grandmas yes. and the older ladies of the church, I feel like they always have the snacks. By snacks, I mean the candy. Like somebody mm-hmm. always has those little hard strawberry candies, some peppermints. I really love the soft peppermint candies. Those are my yes. favorites. And um, yeah, just little um, what's a little gold candy called? Little butterscotch thing. Oh, mm. they taste yeah, butterscotch. <laughs> just butterscotch. so good. I feel like you always run into a little old lady at the church that got all the candy. Where did they get this candy from? Mm-hmm. And how did they know that I needed it? I don't know. My husband's grandma has the little strawberry candies and like four or five candy dishes in her house. <laughs> so they literally bought all the candies and I'm going to put it in this dish and then bring about five or six to church. They're sold out. They have a, never mind, it's a Christian podcast. I said they have a plug. <laughs> there can be a church plug. We are reusing that word yes. for good. Right. Reclaiming right. it. Yes. Strawberry candy lady blue. Exactly. Yes. Like who Amen. is the dealer? Like literally <laughs> let me know the deets. Y'all hit me up and tell me where mm-hmm. to get this candy from because I would like it. I could see myself being that old lady having the yeah. candy. I mean, me too. I may not give it out to the bad kids, but I'll give it out. Oh, <laughs> I'll give it out not. to a few folks. So we are almost wrapping up. What is your favorite memory in church? We talked about some good. We talked about some bad. We talked about some awkwardness, but let's leave it on a positive note. What's your favorite memory in church? 
my favorite memory, well, I could say memories would be to go into like youth conferences. Those are some of my best experiences because you get to hook up with your friends that you ain't mm -hmm. haven't seen and since last year and you guys get together and it's it's a blast. Those are some of my my best memories is, was getting to travel and and do things like that. Absolutely. Yeah, mine is pretty similar. I really loved vacation Bible school growing up because I saw my friends every single day, Monday through Friday. It was lit. Ate the little yes. red hot dogs with chili beans oh. and some fake cheese and some chips. And it was a really good time. No shade. <laughs> but um, I, I really just enjoyed those memories when I was younger and not only learning everything about God, but interacting with folks that were really in my life and still in my life today. So that was a really, really good memory right. that I like. So we are winding, 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 winding down. And before the end of each podcast, I like to ask my co-host a question. Since this is about being 30 and everything that we want to do before we get to 30, answer this following question for our final thought. Before 30, I want to blank my church goals. Before 30, I want to, before 30, I want to complete the goals that I have right now and then add some more goals that I can achieve after 30. There's always Absolutely. room for growth. Yeah, don't stop at 30, keep going. So that is awesome. <laughs> That's really good stuff. Thank you so, 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 so much, Janisha, for coming on and doing this, having some fun with it. And um, hopefully our viewers and listeners enjoyed it as well. So thank you so much for thinking about me and having me on your show You're today, so Sheila. Yeah, so I, had a, I had a ball, literally. I was cracking myself <laughs> up one too many times. I try to stay on my best behavior, so mm -mm. I think I did good. <laughs> we, we'll talk about that. You know, I'll see you in these streets. We'll talk about these streets. But anyway, stay tuned for our next episode. And until then, I will see you later.